Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I was looking at this entire service that we've had, you know, and I was looking at that kerosene heater. How many people, you've ever, you guys remember those kerosene heaters? That's <laughs> the, the Ebenezer Stone. And let me tell you something, those things were dangerous. See, I was back in those days, I was 12 when New Covenant got started, and they would have those things right in the aisles. And if you touched that thing, you guys, you know, I remember when these things were in vogue, I remember when they got taken out of being legal because they weren't safe. And back in the day, that was heat. Someone help me out if you remember using those kerosene heaters and lighting them up and saying, don't touch it, it's hot, and, and walking around it as a child to make sure you didn't, you didn't get burned. And, and when, if you would have gone back 39 years to seeing when that heater was used, the building that we were in, the church, the ideas, the dreams, the visions, would you have seen where we are today? What was different then? Was this real, everything that we see? To some, what they saw 39 years ago isn't what they thought what would be. I hope somebody's hearing me. That what they saw 39 years ago, they saw things as they are, but not how things shall be. And there is always a remnant of people who walk in faith, who say, I see what is, but what is is not what shall be. So let me declare what shall be. Let me walk and live about things yet to come that our eyes can't see, but our spirits and our hearts know are real and possible if we're willing to walk in faith, my Lord. When you look at that heater, if that heater could talk, it would say things will be different 39 years from now. And I want us today to do something very similar that's true to the history of New Covenant, and that's for each of us to challenge one another to walk in faith. I hope somebody's hearing me right now. I want you to find someone next to you, just say, let's walk in faith. Go ahead and tell them that. Lord, be with us just as we look in these brief moments to your word. Let your spirit guide our thoughts, open our hearts, challenge us so that we could be in alignment with what you want done. In Jesus' name. You see, sometimes in life, we can get to the point where we confuse, the Bible uses faith in different ways. We all have, we should have. How many people here, you're saved, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Just say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, I gotta get comfortable. I'm not even used to preaching in a suit. I had to wear a suit for Pastor Oliver this morning. <laughs> I toned it down at Abundant Life, <laughs> you know, but it's, I'm, I'm with you. So you know, if I get wild, just tell me to reel it in, all right? You know, there's what we call in, in the church the doctrine of the faith. It's the faith that says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. If that's you, say amen. amen. It says, I believe that Jesus, he came in the form of man as a, as a form of incarnation. He came in the form of man, took on the, the image of a baby. He went and bore all of our sins, all of our griefs, all of our prices. Hallelujah. And not only did he do that, he was willing to die for us, be sacrificed for us, get nailed to a cross, put into a grave. Why? Because he's a substitute atonement for each and every one of us. 
that in the same way I messed up in my life and you might have messed up in your life and we all have a punishment that we all deserve, Jesus said, go ahead and you can nail my hands so that you don't have to nail their hands. I'll be their price so that they won't have to pay a price. I'm the substitute for their atonement. So we have what's called the doctrine of the faith, that someone laid down his life for me, my Lord, died for me, got crucified for me, got put in a grave for me, and then rose from the grave, hallelujah. Because death couldn't hold him, he has all authority and all power, and as he rose out of the grave as my substitute, when he became my price and my sacrifice, now I can live a new life, I can raise from a life of condemnation in a way that's completely free, my Lord. So we have what's called the doctrine of our faith, that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I've been born again, no longer a need for my price. Now what I need to do is live after Jesus as my Lord for the rest of my life. Whatever he says to do, that's what I'll do. How many people in here, that's your faith this morning? Everything that I just said there, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, incarnate birth, died for my sins, washed. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been forgiven, saved. I'm a new creation. I'm born again. If that's you, just say hallelujah nice and loud. One more time for the people at home. Say hallelujah. I say I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Go ahead and say that again. I just give the Lord a shout of praise for that right now. Come on, let's go ahead. Let's have a salvation party. By chance you're here or you're connected in and you say, I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I don't know if I can live up to some of the people. You have that same opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Accept him as your Lord and Savior and he will be the price for all your sins and all your mistakes. And if you accept him as your Lord, you can live an entirely new experience. My Lord. At the other side of that confession. We call that the doctrine of the faith. But what the Bible speaks about in Corinthians, it speaks about another dimension of faith. Someone say with me, another dimension. Go ahead and say it. And that other dimension, it goes beyond the doctrine of faith, which is great, which is powerful, but there's another step. And Paul in the book of Corinthians, he talks about the gift of faith. That the Holy Spirit, you see that where it says right there, experiencing the Holy Spirit, that one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to deposit and release gifts in our lives, and those gifts can become manifest so that all people can see. And he begins to give mention to something called the gift of faith that starts with a person that has the doctrine of faith. But what the Holy Spirit does is say, now that you have that doctrinal faith and you have full access into the throne room of God and you know the Lord is your savior, I want you now to act the way the Lord would act. I want you to do some actions to begin to call things into being that require the gift of faith. Someone say with me the gift of faith. It's the kind of faith that makes a person look at a person who's ill and say, Right now, my eyes see you as ill, but the word of the Lord for me says you're healed in the name of Jesus. It's the kind of person that says you may be confused, you may have all this concern, but the word of the Lord for me today says be still and know that I am God. It's when a person begins to function out of their norm and begin to function out of a level of giftedness that's God-centered, God-centric, God-ordained, in which the Lord is saying, you know me, now represent me. Oh, I hope somebody's hearing me right now. And what the world needs right now is it needs representatives of the power of God. 
and these people just look at a world and say, you know what, I see sin. I see a broken society. I see a broken justice system. I see a lot of things where people say it's dead, it's over with, but let me begin to walk in faith. Speak in faith. Call things into being that are not because I'm gonna represent the word of the Lord in the surroundings in which I'm placed, my Lord. I have a question for you today. Where is your faith? If you had to measure it on a scale of one to 10, you know, if I could be real with you, I could tell you in the last 20 months, my own personal life, I've had to make some shifts. Any, person, any other person here, you had to make shifts? Oh my Lord, it's about seven of us. How about you guys over there? Did you guys have to make transitions? Yeah, you all got masks on, that's a transition. They changed everything on me. And I'm supposed to be a relatively young man, Bishop. Yeah, but I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with some of these transitions. Anybody out there like that? I'm supposed to be the person that likes change. Now I'm at the point of, whoa, whoa, slow it down, slow it down. Like, I can't handle all this, you know? Some of the things that changed, we had to shut things down in a matter of days across the river. Go straight from live to virtual for 20 months. We had to learn to do things like preaching in front of a camera with no one there, wondering if anyone was on the other side of the camera. That was one of the hardest experiences. While I was preaching, while I was ministering, there was a time where we actually had a light that caught on fire and then the fire trucks had to come in and our sanctuary was under construction for about six months while we were broadcasting. Imagine preaching with no one there with cranes and lifts and no carpet, still seeing the charred smoke on the ceiling, preaching. That's transition. Imagine going through that experience and seeing your mother pass during that year and you really never getting an opportunity to grieve because the church needs you to step up real fast and to champion that effort. Imagine seeing all that and seeing how churches we knew it changed, how people come to church, had to check in, had to register, dealing with all of that and dealing with the fears, dealing with all the concerns. And yet seeing our own members, we did more homegoings last year than we've done probably in the last 15 years all combined. Young men, young women, old men, old women. It paid a toll, you know, it, it took a toll on me personally. But what I can tell you is that through that experience, the Lord changed me. I hope somebody's hearing something. My worldview changed. What I thought was important before really isn't as important now. I know how fleeting everything can be. That in the twinkling of an eye, everything that we think is normal can become outdated. That it doesn't matter how much of an innovator or a change agent you are, this world could go at a pace that even makes you want to say, slow down, let me catch up, let me tell you. And right now I'm at the point where I say, I don't want anything fake. I don't want anything for show. I don't want anything false. I want every time, my Lord, that I come to God's house, I want what's real, what's authentic. I want to hear the Lord. Nothing else, my Lord. There's a lot of other things we have. It's cool, it's nice, but it's dated. All I want is with the genuineness and the authenticity of what the Holy Spirit is saying to do now in the moments that I have to share them in which I know that I won't have moments forever, my Lord. So today I want to encourage you to charge you in this moment that we have to walk in a different dimension of faith. Oh Jesus, 
You guys aren't hearing me yet. So that when you walk with the Lord, when you pray to the Lord, when you seek the Lord to say, Lord, I've come to move the needle, that there's a change that has to happen. And I want to walk with you and speak with you and watch some things happen in the reality in which I'm placed that reflects your power. Someone needs to help me. Reflects your love, reflects your will, reflects your intentions in my life, my Lord. I'm beyond the status quo. Is anyone right now, you're ready just to see what the Lord has for your life right now? You want anything else but just the reality of the gospel? Well, you know, in the book of James, there's the scripture comes out of James chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. And what James was instructing his readers, he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You see, one of the things I want to leave with you, one of the points, you can see that little slide there. And now, you could go ahead and put that video right up there. That's a nice video. You see those waves? Would, would, just leave that video right up there, and let's talk about that video. What James was doing is he likened a person who's vacillating to waves just like that. You see how the waves are just blowing some one way and then the other way, and then they're going to go east, and then some other waves go west, and they go north, and they go south. See, these waves aren't going in one linear motion. They're kind of, it's a turbulent motion around a rock. And what James was doing was he was saying that, you know what, when you look at waves in the water, they're all a byproduct of the wind. If the wind blows this way, what happens to the waves? The waves go that way. If the wind blows another way, the waves go the other way. And what you're seeing here is swirling winds. One wind says, let's go east, and the next second, let's go west, and another one north, and another south, and then that wave just goes whichever way the wind goes. And what James was saying was like a person who goes to the Father and is speaking with God Almighty, with the authority that you have, but yet in your mind, you're wavering. That whatever the winds of this world say, that's which way you go. And you're going back and forth. And one wind is saying, stop trusting in the Lord. Stop believing in the Lord. And then you hear a good, a good message. Oh, now that wind says, trust in the Lord. Then you forgot about the message. And now we're going back and not trusting in the Lord. And sometimes you're believing for your family. And the next wind, you're not believing in your family. And, and we go back and forth with the winds of the world, all the things that are driving us. And what James was saying is when we go to the Father like that vacillating wave, that's being influenced by every wind. Don't think that you're going to be heard. Don't think that that prayer has power. But he was saying is that wave is unstable. Someone say with me, I don't want to be unstable. Go ahead and say it. And the kind of faith that James was saying is when we go to the Lord, we've got to go in faith. Not wavering. Believing that what I'm asking for shall happen. I hope somebody's hearing me. It's saying that not only can God do it, God shall do it. Sometimes we pray with that vacillation, and I've heard people make the prayer, I know God can, I just don't know if God will. We need to have the kind of faith in this church that says, I know God can, and I know God will. God has done it. God shall do it again. God has not changed. Our confidence in him has not wavered. 
that whatever God has declared and God has instructed, God is ready to perform. All we have to do is sustain our faith without wavering. Does anyone like that in here this morning with me, my Lord? Just say with me, I will not waver, my Lord. Say what God said, God shall do. I am ready for what God shall do. It shall be in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Now I want you to give the Lord a shout of praise for that right now. That's the kind of faith that we need. Sometimes we're praying and hoping for a miracle. I wanna charge you, I just have a bold faith this morning. I don't know why, I'm going way off topic. I just sense in my heart that we need to have a bold faith in here this morning to declare those things that God said shall be and to leave with all the confidence and if I make kingdom swag in which we know it shall be. That it's just a matter of time, hallelujah, before it's fulfilled. Only thing that separates us from what God has declared is our time. But in time we shall see it, we shall receive it, we shall harvest it. If you're believing in something for, in, for your family, in your finances, in your health, in your future, I want to tell you it's possible, my Lord God. Don't allow some wind to tell you it's not possible. Stop believing. Stop trusting. Stop hoping. I'm telling you today it's possible in the name of Jesus, my Lord. God can make that impossible to you, very possible for him. But you know, one of the things when we look at in the Bible is I believe we've got to learn how to recognize our own symptoms. You know, one of the things that I've learned in, through our family's history and my father and mother, and there's certain illnesses that run throughout our family's history. And I learned that if I wanted to have the best life that I could, that I had to learn how to recognize my own body. I had to learn when I'm feeling a certain way, my sugar's running a little high. Do I have any people in here? You had to learn how to monitor sugar levels. Go ahead and be honest in the house. There's two of us in here. <laughs> the rest of y'all better get tested. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a matter of time before we all walk down that road, all right? Any blood pressure people in here? You gotta, you, you, you know when, when you're riling, whoa, whoa, I gotta tone it down. I gotta tone it, you know, gotta fall back, you know, because you're feeling, and you learn all these symptoms about your body. Things that cue you in if you learn to listen to your body about how you should do and live and so that you can, you can perform in a way in alignment with your health. Well, I believe that there's some symptoms of our spiritual health. Oh yeah, my Lord. And what we have to learn to do as believers of God is we have to learn how to recognize certain symptoms in our own walk. When we know that our faith is being drained down, when our faith is depleted, when we need another touch of the Holy Spirit. Do I have any witnesses of that in here? I'm gonna to read to you just a scripture quickly out of the book of Numbers chapter 11. And this is some strong words that came from a man named Moses. And he was speaking with the Lord and the Lord told him that he's about to punish the people of God. And Moses at that point, he got filled with his sense of personal humanity. And what he says in verse 14, he says, I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Let me stop right there. Is there anyone in here who's ever felt like what I'm going through is just too much to bear? Go ahead and raise your hand. If this... Anybody? Do I have any mothers that have ever gotten ready to go in the house and say, Lord, I need the strength to even walk through that door? Yeah, you know, I, I can't. <laughs> 
I remember my mother, she would, she would go into her own little uh, Bible study room and when she would close the door, <laughs> I don't know if she was talking to the Lord, but she was talking to us. And we knew when mama went inside that door and closed the door, that don't knock on the door, she needed a moment, you know what I mean? And, and, and sometimes we all have those feelings where you just feel overwhelmed, whether you're male or female. And you're seeing here in this scripture, Moses saying, I'm not able to bear all this people alone because it, this burden is too heavy for me. That's a symptom. If right now in your life there's a situation and you're saying, this is too much for me, it's too heavy for me, I can't deal with this for another day. Something's got to give right now. I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. I've got to go a different way. That's a symptom. Someone say with me, it's a symptom. That's right. You've got to learn to read these things. And then he says in verse 15, here's another. If you're using this kind of language, it's telling you your faith is being depleted. He says, and if thou, if thou deal thus with me, kill me. Look at those words. My Lord, did he say that? If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. If you've ever gotten to the point where you say, Lord, I've done all that I can, you know what, just take me home. Take me out of this now. People get to these points. So I have, how many people know that this is real? There's some people say, I can't deal with this for another day. You know, if, if this is my time, Lord, take me now. These are symptoms, my Lord. Let's keep reading. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. Verse 17, I love this verse. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. This scripture right here is so powerful because what you're seeing here is Moses, and I'm just going to, I feel a charge just to just inspire someone with this. Moses at this point was at one of his all-time lows. He's saying, Lord, I can't deal with this. Lord, I can't bear all this grief alone. This is too much for me. And, and Lord, take me out of here. And what the Lord did is the Lord answered him. Someone say with me, the Lord answers. Go ahead and tell me. The first thing I want you to take out of this story that you see in this passage, when Moses was at an all-time low, he went to God. That is profound. He went back to the tabernacle. He went back to the presence of God in all of his frailty, all of his humanity. And he says, Lord, this, this is how I'm feeling about the complexities of my life. And what I've noticed is some people, there are many people that when we are at our low, we run away from God. Oh, I hope someone's hearing me. Say, let me abandon God. Let, let me move away. Let me run to something else. I want to encourage someone here today. Run to God. Oh, Lord, my Lord. When you're at your low, that's the best time to say, Lord, I need to hear from you today. Lord, this is what I'm going through, and I know you can be found in these moments of my life. Lord, I need another infilling. Lord, I need to hear from you. Lord, I know you're always present with me in the midst of any challenge, in the midst of any struggle, in the midst of any situation. So I'm coming to you with all my frailty and in the midst of all my weakness, and I need to hear from you today, Lord, my Lord. 
And I want to encourage you that the Lord will hear you. The Lord knows you. He will find you. And the Lord will give you the word that's necessary at that moment in your life. I've lived this, my Lord God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want to tell you today, take the masks off and, and the, the, the metaphorical masks. And, and you don't have to come with the, the, the legalese and the, well, I know I'm blessed and God can. I just don't know if God will while you're running away or, or putting half your foot in and half your foot out or, or making plan B's and plan C's when the Lord is saying, just have your whole plan walking with me. Be real. Be open. And when you're down, run to the tabernacle. Run to the presence of God. Open your heart to God. And that's the authenticity and the transparency that the Lord can do amazing things with. Is someone hearing me this morning? Tell the person next to you, just say, be real with the Lord. Go ahead and tell them that. Oh, my Lord. First thing, he ran to the Lord. But the second thing that you'll see there is that the Lord answered his prayer. But he answered it in a way Moses might consider unconventional. Moses' complaint was, he said, I can't do this all alone. So the Lord said, well, I know the answer. Go get 70 other people. Go get 70 other people. And this same spirit that tabernacles with you and that pours out to you, you're going to see this same Holy Spirit pouring out to them. I hope somebody's hearing me with this. And he says, that's going to be the answer to your prayer, that you no longer bear this alone. I hope someone's hearing that. Why is that so important? Is one thing that I know that I came out of this last year with was it says, it was the word that says, the Lord is demanding my own personal adaptation. Well, I hope someone's hearing me. This is my, I'm going to be, I'm home now, I got to tell you. So I, I can give you my own personal testimony. That the Lord said, Aubrey, there are some things that you did and things I did through you. Thank you. Be thankful for it. But we're going down a new road. We're going down a new road. I'm taking you down a new path. What you have to be willing to do now is to adapt how you lead to how I want to work from this point forward. When I read this particular passage, I look at it personally and I say, what would have happened if Moses would have said, no, I don't want 70 other people. Let me just do it all alone. It was you and I in the backwoods of the wilderness together. It was you and I with that rod that parted that Red Sea. It was you and I that went into Pharaoh and said, let my people go. It was you and I when we went and I went up and came down with those commandments. So let's just keep doing what we've been doing, Lord. This has been the way we've rolled. But at this moment, the Lord said, we're going to do something different. What we're going to do is what worked has worked. I hope you're hearing me. I've got to make sure this message counts for you. But he's saying, in this next season, you got to walk with me in a new way. Let me expand among 70. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And I wrote down this phrase, and I'm going to leave this one with you, to be adaptable. Tell the person next to you, say, be adaptable. Go ahead and tell them. Oh, Lord. Now, I want you to look at them in their eyes and again and say, that means you got to be willing to change. Go ahead and tell them that. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Go ahead and say ouch with me, somebody. That's hard. Adapting how you did what you did is hard. Seeing what you did spread amongst 70 people, hard. Hear it from me if you've ever gone through it. But it's good. And the answer to his prayer came out of a new style of leadership and out of governance in Moses' life. 
And sometimes we're praying to the Lord to do the impossible, but we're not willing to adapt to the methods of his miracle. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. God, do this in my life, but do it my way. Oh, Jesus. Heal my marriage, but let them all realize they're wrong and that I'm right. Lord, provide for my finances, but let me spend them the way that I want to. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Heal me, but I want to keep eating and doing the things that I've always done. Fix this relationship, but I want to still be me because I can't change it. This is the way I've been brought up. So change everybody else. Lord, give me a new job that will appreciate me for me, but I won't change in any other setting. Just change the setting to, compl- you know, to, co- to conform to me. Sometimes we're praying for things, but we're not willing to adapt to the method of God's miracle. I want to encourage you today. When you go and you run to God, be ready for any response he comes back with. If it forces a change, if it forces an innovation in you, if it's forcing an adaptation, the Lord is setting you up for miraculous outpouring. I, I need to drill this in. I feel some resistance in the house this morning. Someone, uh, if there's an armor bearer, start my car so I can run out of here after this, all right? They'll be finished. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be out in the road. Let me give you a testimony. My, uh, at, at where we are at our church, the Lord led us through some complicated work and some complications that required adaptation. I want to say right now, the Lord healed me. He healed me through that adaptation. I have to say thank you, Lord, for it. Let me tell you about the pressures of ministry and the pressures of just doing the work that you've seen done here for 39 years. This past July, a group was based out of a millionaire in Texas. He went and he rescued 12 New Jersey pastors. They went to 12 of us, said, we'll pay for your trip. We'll pay for your lodging. We'll pay for your food. Just come down here and let us replenish you. And they took myself and 11 other pastors from all over the state of New Jersey, and they put us up because they realized that many of the people in ministry were suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome because of what happened in the past year. And we went down there and we were healed. We were renewed. I thank the Lord for people like that. It's real. We're in a real fight, everybody. I know this may not be an anniversary message, but I want to be real with you today. We're in a spiritual fight. And the devil, he goes and he tries to take out leaders and break down hearts and make people do things on the outside and carrying pain on the inside until you get to a point and you say, I can't do this anymore. But through that experience, the Lord changed myself. He allowed me to see the necessary changes that I had to make in my own life, in my own thinking, in the renewing of my own mind. And in that, there was so much freedom, so much healing, so much peace. I want you to experience God's healing, God's freedom, God's peace. As you follow God's methods, as you adapt to what he wants you to do and to become, so that the prayers you've been longing for shall be answered. Do you receive that in here this morning, somebody? Can you just thank the Lord with me and just give the Lord a shout of praise? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Walk in a gift of faith. Adapt to the changes God has for you. And know your symptoms when you're being depleted. 
And when you feel down, run to God. Don't run away from him. When I look at this church for the 39 years of this experience, you know, I actually was on a live this morning and I was just talking about what it feels like coming to New Covenant for me. And I said, so many people, when they talk about their church of their childhood, they say, I was Baptist or I was Methodist or I was, you know, AME Zion or I was Church of God or I was Church of God in Christ. I said, well, here I am. I'm 51 years old. And when I talk about the church of my childhood, it's New Covenant. So whatever we are, this is, this is my denominational upbringing. <laughs> this is it. This is, this is where I draw back to, well, you know, when I was a kid, this is how the pastors did it. These were the pastors. Uh, when I'm here, this is my history, my launching pad. This is what taught me church. I learned youth ministry being part of this youth group. This is the case studies I refer to, the hikes, the prayer times, the Friday night worship sessions the Saturday night football games, the basketballs with Carlton Spady and the Jubilee team, and all of the things and the choirs and the worship and everything that my individual church experience, it comes from this church. This is the church I grew up in that taught me church, my Lord. That's why it's so special for me to come back here. But I wanna tell you today that every one of those years I was there, New Covenant Church, has always been a place of faith, where it was always believing in something that we didn't see and saying, let's go get it, because we can get it. Yes. We can do it. If God sent us, we can, if it's never been done, it doesn't mean it can't be done. If God is with us, we can go get it. What we see today is a reaction and the function of so many gifts of faith for people throughout 39 years. To everyone that's been with this church from day one, you are a hero in the faith. To many of us that were young adults, children that grew up in the church, and some of them there, I saw them leading worship, I said, man, that's half our youth group right there. You are our heroes. On behalf of all of us, thank you for being the models of faith that allowed us to walk into it and say, I've seen these models before. I know how I should live my life. Thank you just for being you, to everyone from day one. To everyone that's here, I'm gonna give you the same charge that this church had since day one. And that's to don't look at what you see, begin to declare what you don't. That there's some things that we have not seen yet. This city needs to hear from the people of God in a way that's very profound. There's a lot of hungry people spiritually hungry, that want to hear the authentic gospel. Can I leave you with this charge? Walk in faith. Declare it that it shall be. Don't waver in anything that you're doing and go get them, rescue them in the name of Jesus. Amen, church. I love you. We're praying for you and we support you. May God bless you. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.